Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I'm your host of the Dork Forest. Jackie Cation. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. FamilyPetAncestry.com was purchased by me because it made me laugh. I laughed, you guys. And it just points to JackieCation.com. Everything is available on JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com. The Dork Forest is a podcast and it is available on iTunes, AllThingsComedy.com and probably repurposed by any number of other vehicles to put on a device of your uh, choosing. Let's do the credits. The credits. Uh, Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the song you just heard, sang with his wife, Sarah. Mike will sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Vilmos fixes the website, JackieCation.com. Jackie, there, if you like the show, there are many ways to support the show, not the least of which, and not unappreciated, word of mouth. Let the, let the people know. You can tag me on Twitter at Jackie Cation and or Facebook. There's a ranger page on Facebook if you want to join and talk to other rangers of the Dork Forest. And you could talk up the show. That'd be a great way to support the show. Very basic way to support the show is there's a PayPal donation button. Knock yourselves out. You may donate hard cash. I have one uh, person who donates via Venmo because she doesn't like PayPal. But I appreciate whatever's happening. You can use the Amazon banner. The Amazon banner is also just a it's available on dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com. It's a little link to Amazon, essentially. It's a portal to Amazon. You order like normal. It doesn't cost you extra. The Dork Forest gets a bit of a kickback. That is a way to support the show that doesn't cost you anything if you order from Amazon. Another way to do it would be to get merch. If you want a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt or just the logo Dork Forest t-shirt, my stand-up shirt, the Spooky Reading Girl shirt, those are all available on the store page on JackieCation.com, along with my albums and uh, DVD. You can get all of my albums and DVD as downloadable. iTunes, Amazon, the special, the Horcrux special, this will make an excellent Horcrux special, is available on ComedyFilmNerds.com on their downloadable page. and you can, Or you can get a hard copy of the DVD from JackieCation.com. I have a new album, speaking of which, just came out March 3rd, 2017, to, uh, I did good, you guys. I was on the top of the list on Amazon and, and iTunes, and I never have been, so I'm going to toot my own horn. It is called I Am Not the Hero of This Story. It is available for download from Amazon, from iTunes, and it will be available from hard, as a hard copy at the, by the end of the month, um, I'm getting them printed up and you can, you'll be able to order them in the store from JackieCation.com. If you are in another country besides the United States, well, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, um, you can, and iTunes or Amazon isn't working for you. Email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. And I have a way that you can just buy a $10 download card and I just send you a picture of it. You download it and then you PayPal me 10 bucks and our lives are complete. These episodes are all from the Joko cruise. I went on a cruise uh, with 1,780 nerds. It was a dork forest bonanza. And I recorded six episodes. So I'm using the intro for this, for all of them. The Joko cruise is based on a guy named Jonathan Colton, who is a musician and very 
talented and wonderful. And if you get a chance, it's called the Joko Nerd Cruise. And it was great that I recorded a live episode, which didn't cost me anything. So I'm just releasing it normal. And then five other episodes. Uh, none of these are, are premium episodes because they didn't cost me anything to make. So I'm just putting them out. There are premium episodes at Bandcamp. The dorkforest.bandcamp.com has probably a dozen premium episodes, which were recorded live in front of an audience. Cost me a couple of bucks to make. So I, I charge a couple of bucks to buy them. They are $2 each on the dorkforest.bandcamp.com. There is also a storytelling album there that I put if you, which is $4 and then 17 episodes of the Dork Forest before it was pre-recorded that I picked out at a, that I did as a 10 year anniversary album. That is free. If you wish to listen to 17 old episodes of the Dork Forest, the, my favorite 17, I think from those first 215 episodes. Anyway, the only other thing at JackieCation.com that you might like to see is my calendar. When I'm doing stand-up, where I'm doing stand-up, it is at JackieCation.com. It is updated all the time. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all the things. Anyway, longest intro ever. Let's get into it because it's awesome. Hey, I'm still on this boat, you guys. Uh, I'm on the ship, uh, the Joko Cruise, and uh, we are in the ocean. And But I, it is exciting times for me uh, because I've heard so much about it. And yet, have I watched it? Not yet, but it's happening. <laughs> Steven Universe, I'm going to watch it. And the That's creator. Fine. I personally forgive you. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> Rebecca Sugar, you guys, at Rebecca Sugar, spelled like Rebecca Sugar on Twitter. Welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for Thanks for having me. Of course. Yes, I've been watching you uh, play and sing and then talk uh, when you're allowed because you're surrounded by rampant extroverts uh, <laughs> on various panels. Somehow here, it's, yeah, it's even... Well, e- even here, yeah. even on the Joko Cruise. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it turns out uh, social anxiety can manifest in both ways. <laughs> Super hmm. chatty. I hadn't thought of it that way. Super silent. Yeah. Whoa. It's on the true. other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a, my Asperger's hump is always acting up and it makes me loud. <laughs> You're the first friend that I made. Oh, there you go. We met right uh, off we, the bus. We really did. We met right off the bus. It was, we went to dinner. Mm-hmm. We had barbecue. Yes. It was quite good. It was quite good. It was you and your brother and Anna and my fella and me. <laughs> and it was good. All right. You want to dork out about musicals. Yeah. I have some information and there's been one episode, but people are like, it wasn't enough. Which is perfect because, and because it doesn't even matter what it is, it could be uh-huh. more of the same. But oh, that you had a you had a dork force about a, musicals. Before. Yeah, but it wasn't. Who, who else is Leanne okay. Olson? Ah, I see. Uh, uh-huh. Oh God, I hope I got that right. Anyway, uh, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Whoever it was, and I believe it was Leanne Olson. So Minneapolis. Let's talk. Uh, <laughs> let's talk musicals before I dig a hole. Oh my gosh! Because of my sieve memory. What uh, What are your early musical loves? Um. Music Man was the one that I watched. Oh, Music Man and Fiddler on the Roof. I watched over and over and over again. I love the Music Man. I genuinely do. Because you know why? There's always a band, kid. There's always a band. <laughs> the Music Man. I love the Music Man. Uh-huh. What do you love about the Music Man? Um, gosh. I love, it's like, sh- sort of stickiness. Yeah. Like, the, about it. Um, just, I love the way that the songs... Like just prog- progress everything, um, but are sort of s- self-contained, um, and each one is, and and then when they layer on top of each other, I mean, just like ba- like this was this is basic musical stuff, but it yeah. was like the one that I had seen a lot of, and all the the um, 
sort of oh, from Americana a stuff. Yeah. From a musical perspective, they layer on top of each other? Yeah, yeah. When it's like um, Light of Rose and yeah. uh, Dream that, of Lovers are layering on top. And, yeah, and the, the Buffalo Bills doing their uh, the barbershop, barbershop stuff. Quartet yeah, thing? yeah. It's okay. just, I like yeah. that stuff. Um, I don't know. I didn't understand it. When I was young, I didn't understand it at all. So when I went back, I thought I did. Right. Um, and then I watched it again as an adult. And you saw the scam part of it. That part, I sort of understood that. Okay. I didn't understand. There's that whole song in the beginning where they're, um, in Iowa and everyone is, is mean. Yeah. And I didn't understand they were mean. I was like, right. oh, it's so fun. They're just distant, <laughs> distantly aloof. Yeah. The people well, of Iowa. <laughs> you know, they were singing a fun song and they were dancing yeah, around. So sure. I was like, wow, what a great time everybody's having here. Like, I didn't, I didn't see the irony of like, we're, um, they're emotionally we're inaccessible. We, we don't want you here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally we don't need, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. You just do whatever you need the, to do. And that setting up the challenge you will face, which now as a, as a writer, I'm like, okay, I understand the, like, the point of all these numbers. Is, oh, like, right, this is what right. going to have to overcome. And, um, Oh, right. I don't think I ever got that. Yeah. I always just figured he was just a cold call. And, uh, <laughs> and so he goes in. No, it's he like, go- it's like this one's going to be especially hard. And then, uh, I think I didn't understand that Marion had, had loved that man. What did that, she love? That she like. Did she have a previous? Yes, yeah, she had another lover. Um, which is, she has this tie to the library because of this man who was. Oh, the old guy who left her the library? Yeah, yeah. And that's people, that's what people are, that's why people talk and something's going on. And there's like a a scandal of her having some involvement with this. With this older man. With this man, yeah. But all she was was. what is it? And what it meant and all this stuff. They're very vague about it because it's supposed to be like. It is super, but I never, you know what? I never thought it was like a crush kind of situation or a, 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 a. Well, and she's, she's loved, she's been interested in many people because she sings about it. She says, oh, I love that with the, yeah. with the trolley guy. Uh huh. It's one of the greatest songs. Yeah. Right. She loves, loves being in love with someone. Right. She, yeah, she does love being in love with somebody. <laughs> yeah. But I forgot about the old guy who left her the library. Mm-hmm. That was the scandal that made her what? Unmarriageable? Well, or? and that's when it's like pick a little, talk a little is that's them gossiping about that guy. Oh, where it's like, oh, there's what? <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Wow, I, I own the Music Man and have seen it uh-huh. no less than a dozen times. Uh-huh. Uh, only as an adult, by the way. And I am more sucked into like the sort of the sales angle uh-huh. because my dad is, you know, he's a sales he's guy. A salesman? Uh, I yeah, see. so I, I'm always like, I, I love the sales part of it, and he's just like, the think system is my favorite part uh-huh. because you, if you think the minuet and D. Right. Is that what it is? You can play the minuet in D? Yeah. And, uh, and then he just has them sing along and hands them. I mean, all that stuff is, is so interesting. I think her, I love her arc, Marion's arc. Okay. Because she, um, I guess I like it as a, sort of as a, as a schlocky cartoonist who's, who's making a, a thing that is essentially a magic trick that's fooling people into thinking these like, characters are alive. And I yeah. think a lot about, uh, you know, stories and advertising and, magic and and how you're um you know es- essentially manipulating people into fe- feeling and doing things yeah and um, what are musicals but those oh yes it's enter- it's entertainment it's entertainment yeah. and she is, is sort of learning and and there's a vulnerability that comes with opening yourself up to like a piece of entertainment that i think about a lot and what she is she she refuses to be vulnerable she's like i see that this person's a fraud right uh but then by the end of the of the musical well, she goes to the show she and she she realizes that that the spell that he's casting 
is oh this is what I, this is what I, okay this is just gonna end yeah, up yeah. about the music uh, man uh, fair <laughs> this enough whole thing it can, um, as long as know, it lasts the spell that he's casting on everyone which she finds so so awful at the top uh and then she falls under it because she sees you know b- being sort of convinced to to believe in something and in this case sort of like themselves even though it's sort of a false oh, right. promise her, um yeah, her yeah, speech in the gym uh yeah, I think it also when she when she finds him at the end cuz he the thing is he knows he's a fraud yeah. and he thinks there is no value in what he's doing. Right. Um and that he's tricking everyone and she can't be tricked. Yeah. Um but by the end of it she she sees the the phoniness she stops seeing it as phoniness and sees it as something that is um, It is of value. It's a, it's of value because it's a be, it's a belief and it's And a, he doesn't believe in himself. No, he doesn't and then she believes in him and that's why he's yes. so moved. At the end, because he's just like, you know, you were, you were right. And it, she ends up having this sort of power that nobody else in the story has because, because she can see through him when she chooses to believe in him and, and what he's doing when even he doesn't. She's the only one who can give that to him. Yes. Yeah. Cause all he thinks about is the money. Mm-hmm. But when she rips that page out of the book and hands it to the mayor mm-hmm. and I mean, there's all like that, that speech she does at the end of, at, in the gym or the gym or whatever, where, where she goes, just think about like the four guys who are, who only hang out with each other now that they realize they're a quartet mm-hmm. and, uh, and the, and the, and the town coming together because of the band. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, in a way, I mean, I think maybe it's very, uh, it relates a bit to sort of what you do your podcast about because oh. it's, you know, it's about how this sort of illusion uh this um sort of schlocky bs that he's selling everyone yeah. is becoming something that's tying people together like like they're them getting a, sort of into and um kind of nerdy about this this band and this guy yeah. who is who is a totally you know a total phony just a charlatan they you know their love for him their adoration of him that is then sort of bouncing off of each other and then they're you know they're finding this thing that they're connecting over and then what she realizes, what Marion realizes is like a kind of, maybe it doesn't even really matter what it is, you know, yeah. because it's changing the way that you feel. Right. Um, and I think that's sort of always a, something I think about with entertainment is like, you know, is it, does it matter if there's something that isn't real that change, if that changes the way that you feel. You just made that movie that much better for me because <laughs> that is, that is so true. I always knew that I liked it, you know, because mm-hmm. I do like that Americana stuff and I like the sales stuff, but the heart of it, I mean, that's what, that's what musicals can do that I don't, that you don't always get, you know? Yeah. From other kinds of movies, you know, other kind of movies. Sometimes you're trying too hard and musicals you expect to try too hard because mm-hmm. it's a musical. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, it's already a construct. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a goof. So you just have to let, let it go. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. A little Opie Cunningham. Um, what about the mom? Mom, yeah. oh, Marion's mom. mom. I liked uh, some of my favorite lines. Uh, is when uh, she goes, "You're looking for this combination of, you know, like all these different, right, all these incredible authors." Yeah, the, and, right, yeah, it's like some sort of the authors and the heroes and the. She's like, "You're looking for that guy." And, uh, <laughs> that stuff. I don't know if that that stuff does not hold up. Some of that stuff <laughs> does not hold up that well. But I, I was watching it with I, I was watching it with my crew and um, when we were doing stuff, doing work on the musical episode because some people hadn't seen it yet. That Some of that stuff, like, right off the bat where it's like, you know, look at this look at this person. Look at Marion. She's a, a worthless human being. Cause she's, oh, right. She's like, oh, gosh. Oh, because she's just kind of, it feels like she's a un- unmarriable. Yes. Yeah, and this yeah. stuff, that, you know, 
when she's you can the- see stuff in retrospect where you're like, yeah. oh, this doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, it's, fair it's, enough. Um, it doesn't. It wasn't made to. It's harsh, I'm, but at least it's partly about that and um, how you know. But then at the end of the day, she's still sort of finding someone. And, right, right. Yeah, it's turning uh, that turning that horrible problem of, <laughs> of being alone, <laughs> of being alone around. Yes, is, heaven is, forfend. That's a, that's a shame. It is a pity, but I think. I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's, I think that most people are looking for some sort of partnership, even if you aren't, even if it's just transient, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I don't have a, I don't have a problem. I, I think I'm famously known for not minding a love story. Uh, I love a romantic comedy. I love a shitty novel. Yeah. Uh, it, just, I mean, it, it just hits a little, like, I, I don't know. It's a little, when I was little, I didn't, I didn't think about it as much. And, and now yeah. some of the spinster stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, jeez. Right, right. It's, <laughs> don't just, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I'd have to like, if I were to show it to young children, be like, that. Ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. It's, maybe uh, it just hits me as a, uh, in a different way now that I'm, now that I'm an adult. Well, and, the last episode that I just recorded here on the cruise was, um, about genealogy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the woman I was talking to is adopted and she was trying to figure out, and her mom, she found her biological mom. Her biological mom said who her biological dad was. She found her biological dad. She made him take a genealogy test. He's not her biological dad. Mm-hmm. And her biological mom was like, well, I've only slept with him and my current husband. And we stared at each other in silence. And she's like, I know. That's unlikely. And because, uh, you know, you, it, it's like my stepmom always said that she only slept with my dad. And I was like. Well, first of all, that makes me sad if that's true. And, uh, cause my dad is a piece of work and God love him, but, uh, he has not only slept with you. So, uh, <laughs> I want everyone to, I want everyone to get some action, I guess is what I'm saying. And, uh, so I think that, that, and it's a natural thing to search for that action. So you're saying it, even if, so even if she did sleep with that librarian guy, good for her. I was psyched actually that uh, to find out that she might have slept with the old goat, because uh, <laughs> I always pictured him as an old goat who owned a library. Yes, yeah, me, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I have to. Gosh, yeah, I'm not sure. Now I need to watch exactly that again because I, because I, uh, like, because my favorite lines were were kind of like, and then Buddy Hackett. I was, you know, what else? I this is a departure, and I'll jump yeah. back to musicals. But I just saw ET again, and I hadn't seen it in a really long time. Yeah, and that was the first time I was like, oh, it's his, it's his dad. Who's his dad? E.T. The, the thing is about his father because because he is there's this stuff and it's so small where it's like, oh, you know, their father is went somewhere else and is with someone else. And there's this it's like this person with this hyper intense connection that you have. That yeah. What happens when they're just they're a part of your family and then they're just not anymore. Oh, right. And I was just like, oh, it's about man, his dad. It's about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, my mind just got blown again, and it was E.T. Holy crap. Wow. All right. Well, let me take a moment to just say I'm talking to Rebecca Sugar at Rebecca Sugar. Steven Universe, which, by the way, is going to have an art book and an RPG called Save the Light. So if you like Steven Universe, uh, you can go out and get this art book or uh, play the RPG, which is going to be out. And, yeah, so there you go. Uh, now we all know those things. Um, wow. E.T. All I... You know, I tried to watch E.T. again, and I didn't think it held up as well, but now I kind of want to watch it. There's some movies that don't, you know, uh-huh. and I always thought The Music Man did. If if you were willing to to suspend, Grease was hard. Yeah, some of the... Hmm. Yeah, because oh, I... Oh, that always had an unfortunate, like, 
you know, how's this, how's this going to end? Oh, she'll just become everything. that he Right. Wants yeah, to exactly. <laughs> he's going to try to become what she wants and then he's going to blow it off because she's going to become what he wants yeah. and it's not going to be a problem. Every wins. Yeah. Except for that. I think their lives would be better if he became what she wanted. But then <laughs> I uh, am a grandmother of no one, but uh, I was born a grandmother <laughs> of everyone. Hey, Grandma Cation wants you to uh, just, I don't know, go out for the team. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And Greece was so filthy. I think mm. I saw it when I was like nine or 10 and I didn't get how dirty it was, mm. but my stepmother did. And she was like, this is it. This is the TV. This is the movie you want to see a million times. And I'm like, look how funny it is. And she's like, mm, it's funny. And so, uh-huh. yeah. So what, what about, I never saw Fiddler. I've never seen Fiddler. <gasps> you've, on never, the roof. you've never seen Fiddler on the Roof. No, I've seen parts of it. Oh gosh. I which, see. which production? Is there more than one movie or is there one definitive movie? Um, There's like, there's, is from the seventies. Okay, what, I don't think there are other. I mean, I've also seen like stage productions of it. Right. Um. Yeah. The one. Ah. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember the name of the actor that plays Tevia. It was going to be Zero Mistel. Oh. Okay. But then it wasn't because of some of the um political con- controversial stuff with Zero Mistel. Oh. Well. And then it's it's, it's it's Israeli actor, but it's uh I've just seen it. Uh, you know, I was. I'm a Jewish, I was a Jewish kid. I yeah. am a, a Jewish you, adult. And right. With a Jewish kid inside of you that wants to watch Fiddler on the <laughs> that Roof. That watched Fiddler on the Roof over and over and over again. So Fiddler on the Roof is, um, is about a dad. Yes. And yes. <laughs> what is Fiddler on the Roof about? Oh, if I were it, a rich it, man is the only song I know. What is it really about? Um, what, what is, is it, it ostensibly about? Ostensibly Isn't it about her well, being... getting married or? That's in there. They're, I mean, they're being. There's a love story. They're being pushed out of their home. Of Anatevka. Okay. Um, and it's like about... By racism? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Semitism. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're trying to sort of figure out how to keep their community together and exist in in the To leave as a group or... changing. Go, okay. And, yeah, and that's... It's about, you know, it's Tevya and then his daughters, of which he has many. Okay. Um, each... One of them does get married. Each of them is sort of further and wants to do something that's further and further away from the traditional way of doing things. And then ah. he has to reconcile being, um, a father of the next uh, generation who, who loves them. Yeah. Uh, and, and a man who's upholding Jewish tradition, mm-hmm. uh, which is why the first song is like tradition. Oh, tradition. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of tells you what everyone is supposed to do. And then, so his first, his daughter wants to marry, not, not the person that the family wants her to marry. Um, who is a who is a butcher? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, steady work. This tailor who she's loved since she was also a steady child. work. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but uh, he's not. He's not perfect. He's not, not the he's butcher. Not, he's not. He's a, he's he's a dork. He's a, he's a nerd. Okay. Uh, he's like sort of a kind of um, a goof. Yeah, kind of a goofy. Uh, he's like sort of a yeah model. Uh, uh, this is his name. He's not, he's not oh, his name's a model. Yeah, oh, okay. Model, model I was like, is he a model? <laughs> no, uh, that would add to it. Um, he's very, he's very, he's very dorky. He sings the song Wonder of Wonder of Wonders. Yeah. He's just really, he's like jumping around. He's so excited because he's going to get to marry this woman that he loves. And, oh, okay. Um, oh, gosh, Hitler. Um, anyway, so then Tevia is like, well, do I let 
Well, let her, her pick. Her pick her own, yeah, who she wants to be with because she loves him and he's weighing Because traditionally, the, he would just boss. He would just boss her into yeah, marrying the other to, guy. She would have to, and, and he had already sort of made this arrangement. So breaking that is going to look really bad, which is why he ends up lying to his wife that he had this prophetic dream where something horrible would happen if she did end up marrying the, Do you remember oh, that sequence? No. That the, cause, I never. Oh, the butcher had a, <laughs> the butcher had a wife before who passed away. So, so, uh, his argument is that, sort of the ghost of his this wife right. would curse all of them ah. uh, if she went through with it. I, I, I gosh. So he's, then it's he so sets good. it up so she can marry the tailor. Marry the tailor. And then the, but then the next daughter, I mean each one it just gets a little further. It, it goes oh it goes through like the whole family. Essentially yep. like the movie itself. Yes. Well okay. the, it's the first first daughter the oldest daughter and then the second oldest um falls for someone but he's a, he's a I believe he's a communist. Okay. So like politically uh, they they aren't lining up, right? But then the but then the next one, he's not a Jew. Oh, okay. And oh, so, the third one. And that's when not he. Jewish. That's when he like snaps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like no, and he does it sort of like on the on the one hand, on the other hand, right? Um, you know, and then he's like, there is no other hand, and he it's right. really sad. And um, I think the thing seeing Fiddler again as an adult that I never understood is that Tevia, Tevia is not is not. This isn't quite say he's not smart. He's like a he's like a simple guy just, who who like wants to be smart and wants to know everything, but yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. Because when I was little, um, and there were ways in which, and so understanding this now, I feel like he's not like my dad. But when I was little, yeah, Tevi reminded me a lot of my dad, and in the sense that he was just like, oh, he just he like, was a dad. He knows, yeah. and he, he's a dad, and he just like knows he knows everything, and also he like you know loves everyone, and he will make these yeah. compromises. But he and then but now I, the thing I didn't understand when I was little is that. He he aspires to be this really this intellectual that he's not. Yeah, and he's just like he his dream his rich man dream. A lot of it involves being able to study all the time. Ah, um, and he the thing that's funny about him as a character, which I never understood, is that he's imparting all this wisdom that's like there's a bunch that's wrong with based it. He's on like misquoting things. And he's, <laughs> uh, he's trying to. Uh, but then is he of, really? He's like misquoting whatever he's trying to. Yeah, they'll be. He's like he just, and everyone. They'll be like yeah. these jokes about how it's like isn't you know isn't this what you know it says on the tour? And he'll be like eh, it's something like that. <laughs> you know, like that. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, he uh, so it was on purpose. So it's a, it's a, it's actually part of the yeah, story. Uh, and they yeah. yeah they point it out yeah yeah and that's sort of his thing. That's like his and he's such an interesting character. That's fascinating because above everything, he's like you know he's trying to. He's trying to be like wise and and profound, but he's also trying to be this loving parent, and that and that sort of lends itself to his flexibility because he's like, I feel like I should know more. This is what I interpret. It's like he wants to know more about like the right thing, yeah, that you're supposed to do, and then it keeps coming down to like what he feels like he has to do for his kids, right? Um, huh. Well, that's fascinating. <laughs> it's because you know you think it's just a because I mean that's my theory on on many. Um, Musicals and sort of lightly, uh, people have attitudes about, um, about t- movies, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a theory that there's always a B plot with a very real message, right? Uh-huh. Whether that message is right wing or left wing or social and what it's trying to move forward, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, traditionally, you know, like a uh, dirty dancing. Uh-huh. It's keep abortion legal, right? Mm-hmm. That's the message. Yeah. Footloose, censorship is bad. Mm-hmm. Blue Crush is, um, True happiness is found through corporate sponsorship. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but that was the, that was the Wait, message Blue, at the end of it. Blue, Blue Crush, Crush, the surfing the movie. Surfing, uh, yeah, I did not see that. Literally, that was the message. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I can see why the people who made that might believe that strongly. Right. And they were super poor. So it did help their lives a great deal yeah. when corporate sponsorship showed up. Interesting. Yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't a, a wrong message. It was just the message, which is so weird because you, and then I started looking at movies, trying to find like sort of the message of them. Uh-huh. And, um, musicals are key for that, like oh, Dirty yeah. Dancing and Footloose, which are, I don't know, are those musicals? Dirty um Because they're more dance movies. I, yeah, I than, think of Dirty Dancing as a dance movie. Yeah, because there's, there's good... singing musicals and then there's dancing musicals, like drum, Drumline? That I haven't seen. That. Oh, it's about drumming. Anyway, really? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, if I wish I could, re- I, I believe the, the, no, I don't want to guess. I don't want to guess the B plot on Drumline without seeing it again. Feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. Uh, I think it's friendship. I'm uncertain. Uh-huh. Uh, I just saw, um, my favorite movie I've seen recently was, uh, maybe it could be, I don't know what it would, maybe you'd call, it would be called a dance movie. I don't, or not. Is The Fits? Did you see the fits? No, F I T Z, F I T S, F I T S. Um, the fits. Yeah. No. It's got it's got music in it. It's got sort of dancing in it and boxing in it. Oh. Um. Is there singing? It's not. Just... A, it's not a musical, so it's not related to this. It's, oh right, right. No, was, no. But it has some um sort of some fantasy real realism or I, I don't know how you quite describe it, but um, it's just. But it has musicality. It has that's music. What I'm, yeah, that's what I'm calling it. Music now. is important to it. <laughs> right. If it has dance, it's. Yeah. I mean. But when I was a kid, I think my favorite musical was so not a a traditional music. Like I loved, you know what I I, I loved the Music Man a lot. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma was great, except for the scary part. And then uh, American oh, wait, in Paris. Oh, I just saw Oklahoma with the, the scary part, like the the uh, just like acid trip. Judd, Judd is a murderer. Right. Yeah. And a rapist. Yes. <laughs> and yes. you're like, I don't like the scary part of Oklahoma. I like when Where, like, everything's the burning and... and the farmers can be friends. That's what I want. Right. Yeah. And, so, and all I remember is when that part of the movie come on, I would walk out of the room. King and I never saw the end of it because oh. he dies at the end. Mm. Spoiler alert, about 77 years ago. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I... Um, but I did love um, – but my favorite one was a movie that the music didn't have anything. It didn't move the pl- – I don't know if it's traditionally a musical because I like the music man and I like Guys and Dolls. Those are two of my favorites. Guys and Dolls. Yeah? I love it. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I, Guys and Dolls – this is the thing. I saw Guys and Dolls uh, 100% in Japanese at the Takarazuka Theater um, when I visited Japan. To, there's this incredible – The first time you saw it, you saw it um, – I had seen it part- – oh. I had seen it before, so I was, I, or at least was vaguely aware. No, I'd seen it before. I saw it in D.C. I saw a show of it back when I was a kid, and I was living in D.C. Okay. And, so but, a live play. A live play. Okay. Uh, so I knew about it. And then when I was in, I visited Japan, and I went to Takarazuka, um, which is a small town that is famous for this theater where every part is played by women. Oh, okay. And, um, and they train for... Years and years and years and years to be a part of this theater. And it's just a super precise, uh, the being there is like amazing. It's like being inside of a, of a fantastic middle schoolers jewelry box. It's like, uh, <laughs> the carpets, <laughs> this red carpet everywhere, yeah. gold railings and mirrors. And when you go into the bathrooms there, there's a little, just a dozen vanities in a row. So you can like do your eyes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, Tween girls will stand outside and wait for the uh, actress to come 
in and out so they can just scream and scream and scream because everyone has their favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, there's a whole sort of culture around it. And there's also one in, um, it's not only, that's where the first one was. There's, right. Uh, now it's also, I believe there's also one in Tokyo and. And do they, do they get to perform forever in this thing or is it like a 10 year, like ice skating gig? I mean, I don't, you're, know. I don't you're, I mean, you're part of the, uh, there's like a company there. Right. And, and you go, it's like you train for it like a school. Like at a certain point, they'll decide if you're going to play men. And then that's, that's all you, you live that just the whole time. Wow. Uh, and the uh, sort of underclass, like the, the younger people, you know, have to like pay their dues and like, and aspire to um, it. Yeah. Everyone has to look up to the, uh, you know, and like clean the floors and like, you know, it's this, oh. very, it's this real like boot camp. Uh, <laughs> way of life to be a part of this and and super prestigious if you can if you can manage to make it all the way to the point uh where you're playing like this lead i mean that's just right and that's really hard to do right and and everyone is just this production was amazing and i was lucky that i sort of already knew what guys and dolls was about how do you call it Mm -hmm. taka takarazuka takarazuka okay Mm -hmm. just in case yeah takarazuka is is famous for takarazuka theater and also it's where uh, osamu tezuka grew up who created uh, Astro Boy. Oh, okay. So a lot, there's also like a lot of, like some of this is sort of infused into um, uh, anime. And, right, uh, right. Just from the fact that he he grew up near this theater. Right, right. Fair enough. Um, wow. Okay. So you saw Guys and Dolls there entirely in Japanese. Yes. But you knew the story. Yes. What? How what was that like? It was, it was amazing. It, yeah. The production was so great. Um, it was just so, everything was so on point. And then when they're done, everyone comes out and they do like a dozen encores with these massive sort of peacock tail feather boa things. Everybody comes back out. Everyone has like a, so many different costumes. Um, and so they just flaunt how amazing it just was what you saw. They're just dressed as nicely, nicely singing rock in the boat. Yes. In Japanese. In Japanese. Yes. And are they dressed like, like Goombas of the forties? Yes. I mean, the co- the costumes are all pencil, American. Pencil mustaches. And, pencil mustaches. And, and suits. And, and um, the Salvation Army and the, and yes, the whole. Yes, all of it is, it's, it's just it's like a beautiful production. Beautiful recreation of the thing, but entirely Japanese. Yeah. With all women. Yes. Okay. Wow. That is, that is amazing. I want, I wish I, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way I can see it again if they. Right. They, Did you ever I see the movie with, movie. um, Marlon Brando? Uh, right. And, um, what's it? Sinatra, uh, Sinatra. Sinatra right? Yeah, Sinatra plays. You no, know, I, I uh, haven't. I've actually kind of like ever since I saw that, I have been hesitant to because I was like, man, I should watch the movie version because I'd seen the show when I was young and I'd seen that. But I don't. I just want that in my mind forever. to be the last yeah, memory. Yeah, yeah. It was just so you good. should schedule seeing it again and then see the movie <laughs> so that it can still be the last thing you yeah. see. <laughs> Guys and Dolls. Yeah, Guys and Dolls. Um, I think the B plot of Guys and Dolls is um, is all about second chances, you know, and mm. and that we all don't know everything. So that's the great thing about, um, because he's, uh, Marlon Brando plays, uh, I don't know, Shades Magoo. I don't know what his name is, but he's a shady dude and he's a gambler. <laughs> and then, uh-huh. uh, Salvation Army Lady is super, like, um, all buttoned up. So she's kind of like Grease in the fact that she loosens up by the it's end a, of yeah. it. That's actually part, that part, again, but, a, little, a little messed up that they like, Rick, get but this woman drunk. The good news is, is that, uh, gambler dude also, there's movement on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he, he straightens up. But she doesn't well. know, a, she doesn't know, 
She doesn't know she's drinking alcohol. Oh, right. That's oh, the, the shady part. Oh, the date rape part of it is a little weird. The calf roofy, uh, leche to... She just doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't know what... But you know, he's Spanish. Knows, yeah. He, yeah. He should, he should and stop that. He should stop that. Yeah. Stop everybody, that. we're all, it's all super consensual now. You guys... We know that. Yeah. We all know that everybody, we all understand that con- consent is very complicated. <laughs> a, I'll do this. Okay. Uh, let's, yeah, let's do an ongoing podcast where I, um, point out, <laughs> all, uh, everything problematic in old musicals. Uh, <laughs> right. And we figure out how to, uh, continue to enjoy them while, <laughs> exactly. while accepting well, that these are problems. Right. It's all right. And you tr- try to watch. I, 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 I saw the, I saw the Godfather. And uh-huh. at the end of the first Godfather, I was like, well, this relationship isn't going to work out, so I never watched The Godfather 2, uh, uh-huh. which is supposed to be even better than The Godfather. I it's, haven't, I haven't seen You haven't seen any of The Godfathers? No. Uh, in my opinion, you're not missing – it's not the end of the world. But it's so like, my brothers? No, well, because my brothers all love The Godfather like the power of the sun, and people love The Godfather. But it's – it's all of all of those – the Music Man is as much a sales guy kind of movie I can go. And uh-huh. The Godfather just feels like, oh, these are the dirtbags my dad knows, uh, except for much more powerful. Because huh. my dad was a bagman for a bookie in Milwaukee. And the Milwaukee, that's not the Corleones. That is not the Sopranos. That is. I see. So the, the so the Huck's Frank Americana stuff. Yeah. It, it brings more, rings more true for you. Right, right. It's just triggery. And I'm just like, mm, dirtbags. That's Bob Stimmick. Uh, get away from that guy. <laughs> that guy's gonna, that guy's gonna take you for a buggy ride. Whoa. To quote, uh, the music man. Gosh. Thanks for the buggy ride. Um, so, I love, uh, the idea. So, the, my favorite movie though, which I don't think is a, which I started saying was, it's called, um, High Society, which is a musical version of the Philadelphia story. Oh, I haven't seen that. The Philadelphia story was Cary Grant. Catherine Hepburn, Jimmy Stewart, and uh-huh. a great character actors whose name I've never remembered. Very sad. And then that was turned into a musical. That was from 1938 or 39, right? Uh-huh. In, ni- in the 50s, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, and Grace Kelly did a musical version of it uh-huh. where Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra sang a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Satchmo was in it. Uh, it was great. Uh, but the um, But that was – it wasn't really – there were just musical numbers – Mm-hmm. because those guys were in it. Mm-hmm. But it I like musicals that move the plot forward. You know? Like Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not good if it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I, then it's just music in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like uh Doris Day movies, usually she'll sing in them, but there's there's no reason for her to sing. Did, did you see have you seen um speaking of Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Have you seen Zigfield Girl? Oh. What year was that? Uh, oh my gosh. I'm, I think I've, I think I did see it, but so long ago. I'm not sure exactly. It's got Hedy Lamar. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart and, um, Lana Headley. Head, no, I'm kidding. Is it? Uh, no, it's Hedy Lamar. Headley is from Blazing I Saddles. See. Um, anyway, so. Right, that's right. <laughs> yes. I, I get jokes. <laughs> you uh, do. <laughs> you do get jokes. Rebecca Sugar uh, from Steven Universe. Um, yeah. Oh, producer is also one of my favorite. Oh, the producers yeah, movie music, which has the musicals. musical. It's a music. It's meta, right? Yeah. It's a musical. I own the Mel Brooks. I got the box set for Christmas uh-huh. and I have yet to watch all of them. I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with Zero Mistel in that. Well, I, uh, Zero Mistel and Gene Wilder both in that are like, they're in the so, producers. And the producers are so good together. And Gene Wilder's so young. Yeah. Um, and 
They're Who did great. he play also, in the producers? Also, that has, it does, there are things in that that really was it Hitler? Don't hold uh, on. It was the it was the Hitler musical, right? That was supposed to be a flop. That's yes, the producers, yes, yeah. And then it ends up being a huge hit because it's hilarious and ridiculous. Actually, I guess does that not because they made the musical. The, I haven't actually seen the new musical version they made of the producers. Uh, I I sort of consider the first one to kind of count. But I, I guess think it doesn't it, have that much music in it. Well, it's got the music within the music. It's, it's a musical yeah, yeah, it's, within the plot, mm-hmm. which I don't think is – because the musical is such diabetic. a big part of, of it. But I'm okay. I mean, I, if that's – if I like high society, you can like the producers. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. the producers is – who did Zero Must – did he play one of the producers? Um, he's Bialy, Bialystock. Okay. Um which is a yeah, bagel. He's one of the... Isn't that a flat bagel? A Bialy? Zero Mustel. And then... Yeah. And then um, Mel Brooks, they play the actual he, producers, right? Well, you know, Mel Brooks isn't in it. Actually, oh, no, he it. produced... Is he in it? He made it. He made it, for um, sure. It's Zero Mustel and Gene Wilder. Oh, that's are, right. They are the... They are the, the producers. The titular producers. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and like, is yeah. Zero Mustel always uh, romancing some lady? Uh, oh, there's like, like old a, ladies who need who they yes, need money. Yes, yes, that's how he's getting all the funding. That's how he gets the funding. Um, he gets it from old ladies. Yes, and then they accidentally create a hit, but they've right. sold more than a hundred percent of the show. Right. So they. So they now they're in, in trouble. Yeah. Do they end up in jail doing a, a a production? Yes, they do, and then they do it. Yes, this is the whole movie. Yes. Anyone who hasn't seen it. Eh, uh, small spoiler. There you go, small Don't worry thing. about it because uh, the minutia of <laughs> the producers is the lovely thing about the producers, right? Um, yeah. Well, and they're just so their their chemistry is so great, right? Their chemistry because Zero's so so smooth and such a conniving, horrible person, <laughs> uh, and then um, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder is just this neurotic wreck who is just petrified of everything they're doing until he realizes it could actually work and then he's so excitable about it and right um i mean they're they're amazing together but that movie all there also has things in it that don't really that don't hold up no how can we ruin it and then enjoy it again tell us um uh what's wrong with it it? where's the bechdel problem oh there's just a um a whole bunch of like man in a dress stuff oh man in a dress that never gets old man in a dress uh, because it's a twist you guys yeah uh (laughs) no it's been covered keep writing um um yeah that's unless you want to wear a dress then it shouldn't be funny then it's just you looking pretty in a dress it'll be fine that yeah that's i feel like that's it's super uh overdone unfortunate phobic stuff yeah it is a little phobic just because i mean I remember even you ever watch uh, Johnny those old Johnny Carsons from the seventies and the Bob Hope specials from the seventies. There was a lot of guys in a dress. Well, I just watched all the road movies, which are musical, mm-hmm. but again, not musicals. It's Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, and they are, uh, you know, culturally sensitive in Zanzibar, not. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, or you know, they're always somewhere exotic with a, a just a a movie playing behind them of Africa and them <laughs> Sam just doing Patty. Uh, wait, I don't want to do the podcast where we talk about these <laughs> focus on all the things. That, oh, or sadly, I'm, sadly, sadly don't hold up. They No, no, it they're actually so, does hold so, up. Uh-huh, but, right. Uh, there's a couple of them that hold up anyway, uh-huh. where you're just like, because there's, there's a, there's a point of that. I don't want them to take it out. You know, like in oh, ET, everyone, yeah, everyone should be, I think, super aware. I, I think it's, I've been on a, um, like 
a research bent, just watching as many old musicals as possible. Cause there's so many that I missed. Oh, right. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. Like, like, because there's so many that I haven't seen where you just, you'll sort of watch it and you know that it's old and then something will just, you'll just be like, wow, that was like, that was, that was okay. <laughs> like that is so right. Holiday Inn. Yes. No, is, can't, is, and white Christmas also like, Oh, white Christmas has, is brutal. Uh, yeah, it has, it, has it's also shitty. I, I, <laughs> Actually, Compared to, do you like holiday? You like White Christmas better? I, well, you know what? I've, I've seen White Christmas a billion times. Yeah, um, and I love a ton of the music in it. Okay, um, so, but yes, we'll follow the old guy <laughs> yeah. wherever he wants uh, to go. Uh, yes. Whatever the a thing, ton, a yeah. ton, a ton, a ton. But it's yeah, it's got it's got some major, major. Um, it's old. It is old. Um, in, but I don't know. I forget. But I lo- I, yeah. Well, Holiday Inn, it, Holiday Inn has, uh, the, uh, I think it's Lincoln's birthday or is it the 4th of July? It's Lincoln's birthday. It's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're in blackface. Yeah. And sometimes AMC will pull that out of the. Oh, they'll take the scene out? Yeah. They'll take the scene out. And I think that it, first of all, that woman who played Mamie, uh, that was her, she got insurance because she got that work. So don't belittle, because her role was actually pretty good for the under five that she had. Right. I mean, she had like five freaking lines and, um, she did a, a great job with it. Um, but to pull it out is to actually just kind of retcon history to some extent. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, everybody's got a face. What? So there are huge uncomfortable realities that that is the, most minuscule fraction of right uh, that compared to being like we're just not going to pay and the a, Japanese internment but, uh, yeah <laughs> and uh, everyone's I think should be she could seem to be super aware but uh, it's been it's been really interesting to watch I mean also just like seeing these old movies where they're so white uh, that and it's just like it, uh, I don't know it it doesn't they're old yes uh, <laughs> you know it's it's not. It's ah, I saw um, there's a version of of Carmen that is amazing. I never saw with Carmen a, with an all What's, black cast. Yeah, uh, that I was just watching. Is it about Carmen Miranda? I don't know who that is. No, uh, uh, you know what is the uh, <laughs> song? Um, you would know that's like da 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 da. I might know the song. Da 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 da. I don't know the lyrics off the top of my oh. head. Oh, Carmen, the, the opera, the opera Carmen. Yeah. Oh, I've only seen it in Bugs Bunny form, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> well, I've seen that. Uh, 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 yes. I've seen The Rabbit of Seville a That's billion times right, also. Right. Uh, more more than I've seen Anything. this particular version of Carmen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, those, like, gosh. I mean, I feel, I feel like it also doesn't make sense. Now. I feel like that everyone, I don't know why we aren't making a billion musicals now to even begin to start to try to balance out the incredible inequity of right. what musicals have been. Well, it's, um, it's, but, uh, <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I feel it's right. And, but and, you've been watching, you've been watching a lot of old musicals. Yes. What, which ones did you like with or without caveats? Right. I mean, which ones, like what, what, what ones have you seen? Um, 
Wait, oh, sorry. Say again. Yeah, like I got. I'm spiraling. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I jumped way ahead because of what you just said to Hamilton. Uh, Uh, You know, I haven't actually. I haven't actually seen or heard Hamilton yet. I haven't seen Hamilton. I've listened Um, to uh, the the, and I've tried to. And that's the thing. Yes, that's the thing. So I'm saying, like, why uh, people are doing this, which is great. Yes, it is happening, but it's, but when I, I was like, I'm like, where is this thing? I haven't seen him. (laughs) Well, no, but the thing is, is what I saw was, so I'm a, I I have a, I could be a political history nerd, right? Mm -hmm. So when I heard about Hamilton, I listened to Hamilton before I knew that the entire cast was uh, multi-racial, that there were, there was one white guy and he plays the king of England (laughs) and, um, I just listened to it and I was like, this is amazing. This is such a great. And then I started going online and trying to see if I could piece together through YouTube the entire play. Uh, and I bought a ticket, uh, for the LA version of it a year and a half ago and I will see it in November. Anyway, but the, um, you got like, you got a ticket to the LA version? Yeah. Oh my, I, I bought I, season tickets to the whole oh, season of Pantages. It was, just it was to sold see out it. like that. I was, yeah. I, we could talk after, but I have access to two more tickets. Can I be your date? Well, no, I'd have a date and then we already, but I get to buy four tickets on Tuesday. Oh. And I've already sold. I, can I, I please two, go with you? You can have the other two tickets if you want. I do. There you go. Uh, success. Oh my gosh. Uh, we will fit, we will make this happen. I thought I completely, I, I you might have missed it because it, it sold out, sold out yeah. instantly. Yeah. I just have to make sure I get them on Tuesday. Uh, I assume Monday night at midnight. Uh, is when I should start uh, checking into the Pantages website. Wow! To get the extra four tickets that I'm allowed, I get, I'm allowed four more tickets, but oh I have gosh. to pay for them. But uh, I'll pay I get back. Them. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, just give them to me. <laughs> no, just give them. To you. And so, uh, <laughs> I did your podcast <laughs> exactly. In trade, you get a T-shirt <laughs> yeah. and two tickets. To, uh-huh. Wait a minute. So, I'll pay um, back. yeah, no, no, yeah, of course. And um, but the so I went and I started watching this, and I was like. It was one of the things that, you know, it's embarrassing to be revealed of your racism and to find a new layer of your racism <laughs> as you go along in life. You're like, oh, shit. And it's a terrible. But um, to watch the founding fathers portrayed by black people and Puerto Ricans and Asians and all these people. Right. You just go. All right. Humanity. And anybody can play anybody. Like you're like all the women playing men's parts in Japan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's some since I do animation. Yeah. And that's I feel like that's always been ridiculous in animation because it's it's voice acting. So anyone can play anyone. Yeah, and it's but it's not how it's been. Right. Men play men. Um. Well, women oh, play no, women? just like a just across. Oh, just race. Like, uh, yeah. Gender. All of it. Like um, I mean, well, they could. They do sometimes. Right. Um. I've been like with like with my show, my most of my cast um, is not is not is not white. Um, And but it's what's nice to give people work who are clearly qualified and you just hire the. No, that doesn't. Is that not the right? Uh, Oh, no, no, no. I'm just right. (laughs) Well, the the thing is, is middle aged white lady over here. I'm just like, I'm not it's not it's not quantitative or it's not. um, What's the uh, I just yeah. this is something that. we don't have to discuss it. But. Oh no, I just, okay. I'm very, very, very righteous about. Oh, this. <laughs> you're like, no, we're um, doing this. Uh, so I'm not. Yeah, I, there's yeah, I speak to this a lot, but um, 
Yeah. I mean, I think with everything, it's just like, uh, it's an issue with how every, everything going on behind the scenes, where people's priorities are. Yeah. Um, and who's making things and the voice that those things should have. And then the voices that should be in those things. I mean, every, everything needs to shift. Yeah. Um, and in the cases where it is, I think everyone needs to be very, very vocal about how great that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's, it's so hard. It's yeah. The realization of how hard it is to get work. You know, I, I have some sense of that as a woman, right? I mean, all of my life just trying to do stand up, but, um, it's just such a different, you know, that whole idea of being overqualified mm -hmm. and not still not being, uh, getting the job mm -hmm. kind of thing, right. uh, at the highest level, I think it's been established. Uh, so, but, um, but yeah, evening out that, that playing field, because everybody just tends to book the people that they know. Right. And so white guys tend to know other white guys. And it's. And I think also, I mean, if you're trying to, to change that things, <laughs> change how things are done, because things have been done in a way that is, is totally not equal mm -hmm. um, or fair, uh, you know, pe people will return to things that have worked in the past mm -hmm. and you can't return to things that worked in the past if you're trying to change mm -hmm. what what yeah. people change what works and you also cannot prove that something works if you don't do it right so you have to do it and then and then have people prove that it works yeah have people like before you can say because I, I think and in the way that my show has been um there are a lot of things that statistically are not supposed to work yeah um that have worked just fine and now i can say you know look people are people are more than willing to watch this, yeah. Um, this show with with these characters and this cast and this uh, team, yeah, making it right and saying, saying what we want to say, yeah. So that, which is, of course, I think to some extent the purpose of of all of what anybody does. I mean, if you can, if you can just, uh, I mean, for comedy, comedy for me, it's just like just change your, just turn your head. Uh -huh. And that's the joke, right? Is uh -huh. like, cause we're all staring in one direction. If you can turn your head, there's something funny there. And it's, and it's how uncomfortable you are or how uncomfortable I am or how we didn't notice how that was the thing. <laughs> and that's, uh -huh. that's kind of my favorite thing about stand up is when someone shows me a different perspective. And if it's, if they show me a different perspective about something, um, mundane, I'm like, oh, I see the joke there. But if they show me something, a uh, different perspective on something profound, it's huge. It's like mm -hmm. Maria Bamford's act, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just like, holy shit. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're like, first of all, it's hilarious because it should be because it's comedy. Mm -hmm. And then it's it changes to some extent lives and it really can mm -hmm. like it is it's inclusive like like steven universe i've seen so many people come up to you this week and just go it really it just it 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 just involved me you know it's me you're letting me be seen or me be acknowledged or i don't feel like such a weirdo or i don't feel like something's wrong right uh-huh and that that you know and get a little verklempt i'm not gonna lie to you i get a little choked up because it's nice it's good Right? Because mm -hmm. that's what we all should do to some extent. In And even if you're a fucking plumber, you know, make it make it an inclusive plumbing company. You know, that's how is that going to be wrong? You know, right. I think, too, I mean, when it comes 
I, maybe, and maybe this is sort of a musical thing too. Good. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry. Well, while I take you on a buggy ride. Oh my gosh. Musicals. Uh, uh, well, I mean, there's, so, there's so much feeling in musicals. Uh, everyone, you know, there's like a Fosse thing that really stuck with me about the Bob Fosse said about how, like, if you can't, um, if it's not enough, I'm going to get the specifics of the quote wrong, but if something isn't enough to just say, you know, you sing, and if that's not enough, then you dance. Like, that's how, you know, that should be the thrust behind, this is no longer the quote, but that that should be the thrust behind why you're doing a sequence is because something is just too powerful and specific to be expressed just by talking. Oh, okay. Um, And I think... Well, that's neat. That's why I think that musicals, like, there are so many, especially so many of us making, um, making Steven, um, back at the, at the studio, like, who have had, we've been in these sort of gray areas of, of seeing things that are sort of, sort of like how we feel, but not really how we feel. Yeah. And what you end up seeing on screen a lot, and I see in like all of these old musicals, which I love very much, um, you know, you're watching somebody just express their feelings and then you're watching other characters care about those feelings. And so I think that the thing that needs to be filled in for so, 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 so many people with these uh, very specific feelings about who they are, that it's not just that you don't see people express those feelings as those people that you feel like you are. Yeah. You also never see anybody hear that. Yeah. And change their behavior or decide to, I mean, you know, these are, these are stories where characters have arcs. Yeah. You know, these are, these are songs where people are letting something out and somebody hears it and then they change how they think or you, you speak to someone via song, via dance so passionately that it makes them realize that they should care how you feel. Right. And if you never see somebody express in a beautiful way their feelings and then see that be received where it's like, oh yeah, who, who you are as a person and the way that you feel matters to me as this other character yeah it will it will change the way you feel in your life right it will you can you people take that back yeah and you're seeing you know you're seeing people uh express love and receive love in these stories and you're like that's what it looks like that's what that's what love between two people can look like isn't that lovely isn't that a lovely dream and it could be and it could look like anything It it could look like anything and what's really exciting i think especially right now is like because there's so many things that that can be done in that way. Oh, hey, come on Hi. in. <laughs> Hi, Andy. Um, you know, there's so there's so many, so many stories that haven't been told. Right. So many people that haven't expressed how they feel about being who they are through song and dance. Yep. That could, that should, that must, not just because it would feel good to be that person and see that, but because that's a story you haven't already seen. Yeah. So like, yeah. it'd just be more interesting. <laughs> right. It'd just be more exciting. It's a more fun story to, because. Yeah. To talk, to get to talk about. Right. I don't want to watch a dog's promise. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> fucking a dog's promise. Was that from the, uh, it's the one where, where it's so humanistic. I, I, uh, somebody told me the plot of a dog's promise and I found rage because it's essentially, it's. Is it a musical? Cause I, then maybe I would. No. It oh. is not a musical. All dog, it's a, all it's dog about a, barking. Yeah, it's music. Like, right. Essentially, your dog doesn't love you because your dog is on a journey to find its original owner <laughs> because it's a reincarnated dog, <laughs> and uh, you're like, no, no, that you and your dog are you and your dog, and that is just a fucking dog, and uh, it's a perfectly good dog. So, literally, this dog is on a dog's journey. Uh, from one dog, from it is it is a dog with a with the original <laughs> owner, and then it dies, and then it becomes a new dog with a new owner, and he keeps trying to get back to his original owner. That's oh. the whole movie. Is it like Polly the parrot movie? I Wait, have, was that called Polly? Yeah, with the 
there's like that. Is that same thing happening with some freaking bird? Like, like is friends with the little Pepsi girl. And then I don't know. They lose track of each other. Then I, li- I don't mind animorph. I don't like, I don't <laughs> mind when animals are our friends and I want them to be, our- I want them to even uh, be unlikely friends when uh-huh. a turtle and a cat are friends. That's adorable to me on the internet, but they also just get to be animals. I'm not going to go swim with the dolphins. How do we get here? I don't know how we get here. This is a classic. It's a beautiful moment because you uh, were talking about something real and I turned it into weird dog's promise. <laughs> Aren't you glad that you came on the dork for us, Rebecca Sugar? Um, I feel um, very exposed. Yeah, well, I'm completely, I'm a fucking open nerve. Let me talk about, <laughs> what are your favorite musicals? Can you name uh, a couple that we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about? Um. Oh, uh I loved, um, I saw all that jazz, uh, oh, wow. which really struck me. I saw it, I think right when I moved out to LA, um, all that j- the movie from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when I saw it at that point, and this was like, where I was starting working in animation, I just got out of college and I was, uh, burning the candle at, a, at all, all ends. And it was just so romantic to me. You know, this guy is just losing his mind for his art and, yeah. um, the gosh, the um, scene where he's in the hospital, and even his hallucinations are taking the form of of his sort of show. Yeah, and this mix of like, I I felt like I related to to it a lot because I as an animator who's who's making sort of wacky cartoons, <laughs> and that's what I want to be doing. Like yep. I want to be making a you know I like you know you're pro I like wacky. Fleischer cartoons. I like Looney Tunes. Like I like old. Yeah. You know, old dorky stuff and I want to make it, but I also want to make it really good and honest and powerful. And so like looking at this where it's sort of like, oh, it's Bob Fosse's trying to like reconcile the fact that his medium is this sort of corny medium. Um, yeah. that, uh, but he wants it to be transcendent. Yeah. Yeah. And striving for that is, uh, driving him like actually yeah. insane. And, and I then, will watch all movies with you because you have <laughs> such a great vision of what they're really about. Well, this was, this is what was weird. This is how I felt when I saw it the first time. I was just like, oh man, you know, like, yes, like kill yourself for your art. Like I just really, <laughs> really believed in it. And, and, and like, I loved that he's dying and he's even that those feelings have to manifest in the yeah. form of, uh, in the form of this thing that yeah. he's still thinking about and trying to plan, even as he's dying, as he's dying until he's like already dead. Um, <laughs> And then, and then I saw it recently. I think within the last year, I watched it again. I was so excited to show some of my friends because I loved it so much. Uh, and this, but this is um, several, several years into being a showrunner. Right. Watching it now, yeah. I was like, oh my god! Like, please take care of yourself. Your team <laughs> needs you. <laughs> you like that? Don't do this to them. Like, like I know that you are like want to like do drugs and be yeah. uh, a mess uh, and. And that everything is overwhelming and and you're being seduced by death. But uh like please, please, please like drink drink water and go to work. Yeah. And don't take on yeah. two projects at once. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's essentially, essentially it's what it is, and I didn't really understand this before. It's a it's about taking on too many projects at once. Yeah. And then having that uh be a detriment to your health. Right. Well see. And it's when like, I well, s- well, that's your fault. You shouldn't have done that. That's ex- see, when I saw all that jazz, all I could think was like why is this guy such a mess? Uh-huh. I was like, slow down, buddy. Yeah. It's literally, 
Uh, I am a bit of a simple woman of the people. <laughs> Sometimes I literally remember just thinking, slow down. Uh-huh. It's you'll get to do it all. It'll still be there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so all, but it is beautifully done though. It is an amazing oh, it's, artistic vision and, of that insanity. And the dancing is incredible. Yes. And it's just so intense. The, um, I think the, the actress that is, or the, the actor that's, the, that's his mistress in the movie, I think actually is his lover. Yeah. Like, so there's all this. Oh, so real. Uh, gosh, I read about this a bit, a bit ago. There's, but yeah, it's just, there's, there's so much, um, weight in it that is fascinating um and also i think i i think i told my dad that i was watching it and he thought it was silly because it's like it's so sort of 70s yeah <laughs> these, oh, very yeah in these ways that I, I just i think they're really interesting um in the ways that they're dated yeah uh well they're kind of fascinating to look at a time capsule yeah and cabaret is like that too where it's just like oh like don't like yeah it's like it's so romantic that you're just gonna die for this art <laughs> uh but it's like, but don't bother please yeah, yeah. please be okay <laughs> yeah i have a i have i have a, a, a knee-jerk reaction to people who talk about the genius of of Lenny Bruce and Mitch Hedberg and uh, all these great comics Mm -hmm. who also lit their lives on fire because they could not get help. And I'm like, I remember when Mitch Hedberg died and I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. That is genuine. That's sad. Like, uh, um, that's a real, that's like a, uh, cartoonist comic artist thing too. People just, just totally. Right. It's like, it's, it's his art, man. He just, he couldn't. And you're like, no, no, it's sad. It's not good. It isn't cool. It isn't, you know, suicide and depression and overindulgence are are stopping creativity, in my opinion. They it's, don't enhance it. I think it, it feels like that stuff. I, I, I remember sort of feeling like being self-destructively intense about your work made it, yes. if not better, interesting in a way that I valued. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, where it's like, oh, this, you know, I need to push myself to do something that is better than my best yes. in order to, and that will make it an interesting thing. And I look at stuff I did when I felt that way and it's like overworked in a way that I find like uh, not particularly it's, interesting. Well, it's not that it, it's interesting, but uh, not, not necessarily good. Right. Um, right. It's a 17-year-old attitude that isn't entirely bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. But it it is young. It is an adolescent kind of hero worship of destruction mm-hmm. because you 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 think it'll make you more interesting and it does. Mm-hmm. But only if you don't destroy yourself. Yeah, yeah. The thing that makes you productive is keeping regular hours, yeah. making lists of what you need to do. Drink an extra glass of water. Drinking water. Yeah, and I still <laughs> I struggle with this stuff now, but the, yeah. I mean, the difference is that I don't feel proud when I'm doing a bad job taking care of myself. Yeah. Which is really like what a what a um useless attitude that will help nothing and definitely never made me more productive. It just made me uh have and how, back problems. And how <laughs> and how wonderful is it that that you can not beat yourself up for not not taking care. Yeah, you know, like it's also, uh, yeah, nineteen it's like, knots, but you know what I mean. In in removing that, you also remove the stress that comes from you feeling like I should be doing that, which yes. is also very taxing. Right, so just free free yourself. The it's dork so forest much. is entirely about just embracing the fact that you're a dork, and if being a dork means that I go to bed at ten o'clock on a cruise ship when people are up till two, uh, so be it. You know, I mean, last night I stayed up till one. 
mm-hmm. uh, playing board games, you guys. That makes me super cool. I know that. I know that makes me <laughs> makes me a bit of a rebel. Makes me uh, kind of edgy. And uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I just I I, I would encourage. I, and I and I yeah, because all that jazz cabaret, mm-hmm. they just they celebrate that sort of self destructive artist. Yeah, that. It is fascinating to watch, but it's fascinating to watch because it's a, it's a teledrama, you know, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a show. And it's, and it's real. I think, you know, people do that. And, right. and, and when you see it, it's very, very interesting. But if you, you know, if, if you're what married you are to is, it is a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you loved that person, if you're, that's your dad. You, yes. You, you would be like, Liza, please stop. Don't. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, or like, yeah, I, I don't. It might you know, be a fascination you, with is, reality TV. So yeah, know. yeah. If you love that person, you'd feel that way. So if you love, if you love yourself, which if you if you don't is a is a very great project to start striving to do. Yes. Then you wouldn't you wouldn't want yourself to be the star of a tragedy where you die. Yes. <laughs> but you'll show them uh, if you die <laughs> tragically, and you're like, uh, who's seeing that? Nobody. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's also like uh, there's a strange kind of pride in uh, in disliking yourself. Yeah. I wonder, I'm sort of think about like, Oh, and I, I still, that's the thing I try to sidestep. Yeah. And I think you need to, especially if you don't, maybe this is why, uh, like if you don't have that, if you do dislike yourself, then what are you going to do? Feel like double bad. You might as well feel good (laughs) about the fact that you dislike yourself by being kind of proud of it. Mm -hmm. And then you will, but you will stay in that. So I think the, the difficult thing is to like, let yourself, um, step away from feeling good about feeling bad. Yeah. Take a step backwards and feel bad about feeling bad and then strive to be a person that feels good about feeling good, which is so hard. (laughs) It is hard. And yes, Bamford (laughs) reads all these self-help books. And one thing that she said probably 12, 15 years ago that uh, I don't know what book she got it out of. I don't know. But it was it resonated so hardcore that it changed my life is when she said. I was beating myself up about something and she said that she had read uh, just sort of a question. It was She loves a workbook. And so it was a workbook question. It was like, what are you getting out of it? Mm-hmm. Feeling bad about yourself. What do you get? What do you do? Or do you just get to wallow mm-hmm. and that's fun for you? Do you think that you're going to get sympathy from outside? Is that what you're getting? I think I, – oh, I'm sorry. Did I, yeah. I'm interrupt you. I think – I feel like the thing you feel in that moment is that what you get out of it is an, is an acceptance of the truth. Because like it's like oh I'm not avoiding this truth that I feel bad about myself right I, I, by embracing this as a truth yeah um I'm not sort of living in the dark like I, like I have this understanding of myself and it feels good to feel like you have a full understanding of yourself except that the thing is that you can change that whereas you can't there's a lot of things you can't change but you can't change right your feelings about yourself it's just very difficult to do right it's practice it's a it's a it's a it's a daily, pr- you know, there was an, another book. Who gave me this? I don't know. I have a the boatload of friends who have self-help books. And, uh, and one of the books <laughs> friends, has this, what? Friends. A, I got friends. And, oh, and well, and I, I I'm in too. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I have some too. I have a handful. I have a handful. Louise Hay, you can heal your life. She healed her own, uh, <laughs> she healed her own cancer, you guys. Uh, I will make fun of that. And, uh, but I will also read that book. So. Uh, the thing, what she did is she had this, it was a self-help thing where 
say to yourself 400 times a day, uh-huh. I love and approve of myself to yourself, uh-huh. like inside your head. And you're like, 400 times a day? What? Uh-huh. And she's, and the reason, and she said, do it for a month, 30 days uh-huh. of I love and approve of myself 400 times in your head. Uh-huh. And she said, what it mostly does is it makes you aware of how many times you're in your head going, Oh, I'm an idiot or I'm fat and horrible mm-hmm. or I'm a, a jackass. You know what? One of those, right? Yeah. And she's like, every time you have one of those negative thoughts, rattle off 10 of them. I right. love and approve and myself. To, I rub it a little bit. You to be aware of how often you do that. Yes. Yeah. I had, I had one of those not that long ago where I was like, oh. I some, it clicked where I started to hear myself talking to other people. And I was like, every time someone says something nice to me, I, I, turn it around to be about how I'm terrible. I'm like, why am I doing this? Don't it do it. It doesn't make them happy at all. They're like, they, and I started to like see these looks. Like, <laughs> uh, why are you? Why right. Are you? That isn't even conversation. Yeah. I don't know how to fix that. I'm like, who is this? Who is this for? <laughs> right. Uh, who is this for? What do you, what is it? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the musicals, I think, can fix all of that kind of weird solo kind of, let's bring it back to musicals, uh-huh. uh, can can fix sort of that loner outsider kind of feelings, I think. Because uh-huh. musicals tend to be more about outsiders and loners. Yeah, I think well, so, some of them. I think, um, I mean, I, there's not a lot of jock ones. I suppose High School Musical. Oh, uh, I, that, that, was, one I, that one I haven't seen, actually. <laughs> I saw all three. Turns um, out they don't kiss until the third one. I disprove. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I guess uh, I'm trying to. I guess it's sort of on a case by case. Um, I mean, so many of them are about love. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah, I guess it's pretty case by case. I mean, I think for me, I was sort of talking about it a little earlier, but um, ex- just expressing your expressing your feelings in such an extreme way. And then having them be heard, yeah, is that's really, you know, what it is. Like, like I did. So I did a musical episode of yeah. my show, um, which is called Mr. Greg. And there's a I got to write a torch song for it, which was one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to write for the oh show. Oh my god! Um, and it's the, the character of Pearl is is expressing she's lost um, sort of the love of her life, uh, Rose, uh, who. Uh, is, is gone. There was a, she, Stephen's father had, this is like a big, a big, big part of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Rose and Greg, Stephen's father, um, sort of, they were together, uh, and Pearl was very resentful of this. And now that Rose is out of the picture, which if you watch the show, you'll, you'll see that she, yeah, yeah. she sort of, uh, she disappears when Steven comes into existence and now there's only Steven. So Pearl is sort of left to take care of, uh, the son of the love of her life. Ah. Uh, and this guy who she really doesn't like. Um, and she sings this torch song, uh, about how, uh, she's really, really trying to accept that Rose chose Greg and is now gone. And it's just so hard for her to accept that. Um, and then, it's sort of overheard. It's overheard by both Stephen and Greg. Um, and for me, I just really, really, really want to do the sequence. Not because th- there's all these, like there are all these love songs in, um, in musicals and st- love stories in musicals where, uh, someone expresses their love feelings and then they get what they want in the yeah. end. And the, the happy ending is that the people who should be together are together, mm-hmm. which, uh, but I think, 
to me, the thing that's really exciting about musicals is just that a character's a character's feelings matter. And so this it's 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 not so much that she's ever going to get what she actually wants, right? But the thing that she feels she feels like she should just sort of absorb this, and uh, she doesn't have to. Like everyone is everyone once they understand how hard she's trying and what she felt, people. Are, are interested in how she feels. And that's the thing I never saw in a musical. Yeah. I just never saw a character (laughs) that I related to in that way, express their feelings and then have someone be like, I care about your feelings. A very, very, very simple thing. Yeah. Uh, And I wanted to do a story where somebody cared and where it could be openly discussed and love is discussed in tons and tons and tons and tons of musicals. Yeah. Um, But it usually does end up where where then they she sings the torch whoever sings the torch song or the or the love song mm-hmm. and then they get the person they wanted mm-hmm. so what you're saying is she sings this this song about love and and jealousy and rage kind of right mm-hmm. i assume yeah i just have and, a, i just have a really humble request which is just let's have let's have people care about her feelings yeah that's all i want <laughs> that's it she doesn't have to get greg she doesn't have to oh well that's be not... happy. and right right she doesn't she doesn't get greg uh, but and she doesn't even want greg she yeah. wanted rose right yes, yes. yeah so um but she could still be happy again it doesn't matter but it, but her feelings in that moment are very real yeah, her, and everybody her, gets to hear them her feelings matter and she matters yeah and that i think is something that even a lot of the, these love stories in musicals uh i wish they would do also where it's like you know this character doesn't need to be validated by another person what matters is that this person is capable of achieving happiness within themselves yeah uh, because but part of that i think needs to be that you that you have some sense that you as a person matter yeah uh that's what i want that's what i want on musicals all right uh, this has been an amazing episode, Rebecca Sugar. You realize that we are in an hour 14. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So um, uh, we could continue to talk for another three hours. Uh, but I'm going to let you go because uh, unless you want to keep talking. Uh, oh, well. Do you, do you have more musical talk that you wish to tell me about? Or <laughs> I think. If, uh, you think you're good? Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. You should be. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've listened to Rebecca Sugar talk about musicals on the Dork Forest. Uh, thank you so much for doing the program. Uh, Steven Universe is the television show. There's going to be an art book. There's an RPG called Save the Light coming. And, uh, it's at Rebecca Sugar on Twitter. And, uh, she's right. She's right about musicals. Uh, I don't know. I usually don't judge, but, uh, I have this to say. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. And you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?